Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Have some of you been to the gym somewhere in your life? Come on now, I've, I've been a little bit of a runner and I've, <laughs> I've been to the gym. But my favorite time in the gym is when the, the, the strong guys, you won't say I've been to the gym, but, but the strong bodybuilder guys in this corner and they load the bench press. Have you seen that? Short wife beaters on and they've, they've all the muscles in front of the mirror and they load up that bench press and then it's like, two or three guys around him and psych each other up. Come on, come on. And they, the one guy goes down and he's like, and he pushes that bar up and down. Oof. And, man, and I just laugh. And then the, the girls walk in into the gym, the pretty girls. I was on a campus church and, and there's so many um, girls on a campus and they walk into the gym and then you need to see those guys. They go off program. Man. It's like, <laughs> I'm going into the impressor zone. It's like, and then they, they rack up that bar and they push it. And, and that's so funny. But the funniest thing is, when, when you're alone in the gym <laughs> and, and you load up that rack because you feel good today. And I'm not talking about myself, maybe. And you load up that bench press rack and it's like, man, I feel good today. I'm going to press this thing, but I'm alone in the gym, so I don't have to care about anybody who's going to laugh at me. So I loaded up that bar and I lie down and I thought, Lord, today, you know, I love praying in tongues when I do gym and bar and I was like, yes, Holy Spirit, me and you. So I started pressing that thing. One, and I, two, three. I was like, I'll, I'll get to ten today. And I get to six. And I thought, I'm in trouble because I'm not going to make this. And by the seventh rep, I was like, and it was lying on my chest. And I was alone in the gym. There was no goals to impress. And I was like, what now? And I had this weight on my chest. And all I could do is I started rolling it down. And I started rolling this thing down onto this, like, ooh, I can't go further. And, and luckily, my coach came running in. And it's like, what are you doing? And, she's, and she couldn't give an offer. I mean, our coach was 60 years old. A lady, she's, she's, uh, <laughs> she can't help me take off like 100 kgs of my... I mean, it was such a funny moment in my life. And I, I realized that having weight on your chest is not a fun moment. Think before you do. You know, you, you think you're strong and you're not. But... And, why am, I, why am I saying this? <laughs> you see, just an example of our physical bodies not being able to handle weight, so is our souls not sometimes being able to handle the weight of the world around you. You see, there's stuff in the world around us that you're facing, that you're breathing in their toxins every day. Social media, nonsense, all this nonsense that people make you listen to and watch is toxins that you breathe in that's weighty on your chest. Now, I believe the soul... Believe our soul need a constant detox by the world's toxins we're breathing. And that's why we need His presence constantly. Because you can't live without it. I mean, just tonight, I could have gone home. <laughs> I mean, that, that moment was just priceless. That's all I need. That's all I need. That's all people need. Now, when I was loading up that bench pressing weight and I thought I could handle this, so people think they could handle the weight of the world. They think they can. Because I'm strong. I can run three jobs. I can run around. I can do this and that and that. And I'll be fine. I'll be fine by week three and you crash and burn. And your soul is being crushed. Now, in John 4, 24, and it's not up there, it says the following, and I love this scripture. It says, God is spirit. 
God is spirit, and they that worship Him exactly like tonight must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I love that. I love that. That makes my heart beat faster. But since God is spirit, He deals with us on the basis of who we are in the spirit. Do you know who you are in the spirit? Come on, man. I look at me and myself in that race, and I think, man, I'm much stronger, much faster, much more powerful in the spirit than that. But I had a glimpse of what the Spirit can do to your body and to your soul. And so, can I just give some quick foundation? We are spirit first. We have a soul and we live in a body. We have a spirit. When you got born again, God gave you a new spirit who is equipped with everything you need to live a spiritual life. You don't have to equip yourself by reading more Bible. Your spirit is equipped. It's running over. It's full of God, more than enough. But our soul needs to catch that. You need to realize who you are in the Spirit. And our soul is a place where we have our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, all those things where you experience life. When I was standing here and if my Spirit was overflowing, I was experiencing in my soul and my emotions, I started crying of the Spirit that's been activated in my life. It had an effect on my body. It had an effect on my body. I, I, I'm a Spirit first. I have a soul and I live in a body, but my soul is also the place where I'm tempted to sin. That's where you're tempted. Paul we'll speak about it so many times. And when we, I believe so many people over the world are living with a heaviness of soul. If you've ever been there, with a heaviness of soul. We all have been there. You just feel heavy in your soul. Now, why am I not speaking about my spirit? Because our spirit is perfect. It's the same today than it will be today you in heaven. But we need to grow our soul. We need to, we need to coach our soul to catch up to your spirit. I'm going to get there. I'm going to want to run ahead of myself. But I'm not. What I want to show is, show is I'm, I'm, I read an article and I saw that our generation that we're living in now today has the highest percentage of low grade, low grade um, depression today. The highest percentage, our generation of today. I'm not talking about a deep clinical depression. I'm talking about that low-grade depression, that heaviness on your soul that you feel like, I can't put my finger on that thing, man. Everything is actually fine, but if you think about it, it's not actually fine. You, you catch what I'm saying? I'm just feeling that like, blah moment. Like, Lord, what is it? You can have a great moment in worship today and get, wake up tomorrow morning and you just feel this, ugh. Now, we're living in a generation with so much more to offer around us. You've got information age, you've got your cell phone, you've got text, you've got social media. You've got, I mean, I can read the news before I wake up. <laughs> I mean, you can, it's just amazing. We live in an era with so many opportunities that you can't even get to everything. But still we see a lack of hope in people. Still you see a lack of faith everywhere you go. Still you see a lack of optimism in people's lives. And that bugs me. I don't know. See, most people feel that they're just living and not really making a contribution. And I've worked with young people for 20 years, and, and every conversation I have, somewhere it creeps in that's like, I don't know what I'm called to. How can I make a contribution in this life? And I say, are you breathing? You're making a contribution. You're making a contribution. And see, that's what they experience, what I call a heaviness of soul. A heaviness of your soul. Now, it isn't a, a, this isn't a new thing. 
This is not just something that happened in our generation. King David spoke about it. King David spoke about the same thing. If you go to Psalm 42, the, the king, the prophet, uh, the, the king, the poetic king, he says the following. He says, Why, O oh my soul, are you so downcast? Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? You see, David came and he said, Why, soul, are you so heavy? Why are you so uneasy? Why are you so worried? Why are you so upset? Soul, why are you disturbed? within me. King David, the guy who knows what intimacy with God is all about. <laughs> I mean, that bugs me. It's like, how can you say this? Now, I'm trusting God to answer a question for us tonight. And I'm, I'm really praying that, as I sat and I prayed this morning, God said, I want to free people from a heaviness in their soul tonight. I want to free you because you, you're sitting down, you're stuck into things, and you don't know how to get out of that. Now, there's three basic things. I'm just going to run through this quickly. Three basic things that, that, <laughs> that actually is the reasons why you have a heaviness of soul. Number one, it is past hurts. There's been stuff in your life that's been happening all around that you've been facing, things in your life. Now, Jeremiah spoke about this heaviness of soul in, in, the, book of, in the book of Lamentations. He knew it. And if you read in Lamentation 3.19, he says, Remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I, re I, I will well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. <laughs> my soul is downcast within me. Now, I, I mean, I believe there's so many of us sitting with a heaviness in our soul tonight, today, with hers because of our past, things that you have to step through that you didn't choose, Things that you just happened to you. Relationship pains, death in your family, job loss, the loss of opportunity, and you're still battling through that thing of I lost that opportunity and I'm still wondering why did I lose that opportunity. Things in your past that happened that you feel like, why, 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 Lord? Can we have an honest moment tonight? How many of you are battling with the heaviness of soul right now because of past stuff in your life? Come on, there's hands all over. I've tested this. Every time I speak about this and I say to people, have you ever had a heaviness in your soul because of stuff that you had to step through in life? I know God frees us, but you're still in your soul, in your emotions. You have to step through things that is pressing you down. You see, so many of us struggle with this. Number two, let's look at this. Present troubles. Present troubles. There is stuff that you're going through right now, right now, that is bugging you that is pressing your emotions down, that's making you feel depressed, that you feel there's something wrong, I can't put my finger on it, I just feel heavy in my soul. Now there's a guy who's a professional at this, at the in-moment depression. And his name is Job. 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 He said the following, in Job 4 verse 5, he said, But now, now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are dismayed. Job said, he didn't say, but yesterday or tomorrow. He said, no, I am now discouraged. I feel not great at the moment. And because there is trouble now, you are discouraged and dismayed. Did you know what the dictionary say about the word dismayed? It says, it is a concern and a distress caused by something unexpected in your life. Has something in your life happened that is unexpected, that knocked you down, that you don't know how to stand up and you don't crawl further? 
You see, that's, that's a heaviness of your soul that you're going through right now in your life that makes you feel depressed, makes you feel nauseous sometimes. You see, with so many of us, where something challenging going on right now. You, you might say, Lord, I didn't see this one coming. This wasn't the plan. <laughs> Have you ever felt this? Like, Lord, this wasn't my five-year plan. I'm still stuck in year, year, year one sorting out the issues around me. You see, you're living with that constant burden, that concern, that heaviness of your soul. And then number three, it's a heaviness because of anxiety about the future. An anxiety about the future, future worries. And how much is this a reason today for us? Just go and watch the news, you go and read the news every day, oh, COVID, how long am I going to wear my mask? When will we have a normal life again? When will Mr. President tell us that everything is normal and we can hug each other again and have everything, go to the movies and whatever? See, we are worried about the future because we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you say, will the economy last? Will I keep my job? Will I get a job? How, 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 how is this going to happen in my life? You see, we worry about future stuff that we don't have any control over. And maybe in that place you will tell yourself like, oh, I don't feel like a very good Christian at the moment. I feel so heavy and so depressed and maybe I should just sit at the back of the church and, and just don't lift my hand too high because I feel depressed. Do you know Jesus felt the same? He felt the same. He had the moment in his life where he was looking upon, onto the cross and he had a moment. In Mark, in the book of Mark, verse 33, 14, verse 33, look, look at that quickly. <coughs> it says, And he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply distressed, to be deeply distressed and troubled. And then he said, I love this, he said, My soul is overwhelmed. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He didn't say my spirit is overwhelmed because he knew something about the spirit we didn't know. I think we're still scraping the top of the iceberg of what our, souls can, our spirit can do. You see, so many times, just thinking about what's to come, what needs to be done, or where we're going in life, we feel overwhelmed. Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life? We do, all of us. I remember when I was doing my master's degree in sports science. <laughs> yes, I do have one of those. <laughs> I don't use it. <laughs> but I have a, a master's degree in sports psychology, and I love how the human mind and the, the, the emotions tick and, 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 and just figuring it out. Now, I remember I, I was doing, you, you had a, a thesis, you had, I did my master's degree in two years, and in the first year you have like four subjects you have to write a, a dictate on, like a diktat. But you have like ten thick books like this you have to work through and then compile it all into that hundred pager. And I was like, my, my wife knows I'm a, like a last minute kind of guy. <laughs> I like to... to <laughs> to wait till the last minute. So two, three days before I sat down, it's like, maybe just check out how much work I need to do. And I was like, what? And that moment of overwhelming heaviness came over me. I was like, how am I going to do this? I mean, I'm a kind of guy when it's 11 o'clock, I go to bed. I don't study anymore. My wife like did all-nighters. All, I was like, I go to bed. And for the first time in my life, I did an all-nighter. I finished it, but I felt so heavy in my soul. I felt overwhelmed. By that moment, have you ever been there? See, we experience this heaviness of soul, and unfortunately, 
So many people think this is the way to live. Oh, well, this is, this, this is just my life. I'm just going to go through this heaviness. I'm experiencing this. It's been 10 years. It's been something that I'm just stepping through. I'm so used to this. But it's not. See, that's just that's the way it is. Henny. No, no, I'm going I'm to get stuck with this thing, this anxiety, this low-grade depression, this heaviness in my soul forever. And I'm fine. I love the Lord. I know He loves me. But no, it's not true. You see, I, when I was still running, we were a very tight group. Very funny that you show the video and I have all these illustrations today. But I was running and we had this very tight training group and we were like family. We paint together and we laugh together and we train together and we did everything together. And sometimes when you're running professionally, you get some niggles. And of course you work hard twice a day, work out in the gym, run in the mornings, run in the afternoons, you run, run, run. I felt like Forrest. And, <laughs> and <laughs> but I didn't talk like Forrest. <laughs> So, so I had this niggle in my hamstring. I remember. I was like, man, this thing is just bugging me. But if I warm up well and I just make it, well, rub it warm and I do a bunch of run-throughs and it takes me half an hour longer, I'm fine. I, mean, I can run. I can do everything. It's not, it doesn't bug me. It's just a niggle. It's just a small little thing. And I remember the British Olympic team was training in Poch and my coach, they were good friends with the coach of them and they strike up a conversation. And the coach said, man, we brought this guru with us this time. This physio slash doctor slash Cairo slash I can do everything kind of thing. And my coach says, but man, I've got one or two niggles in my group. Maybe can, I, can, I, can we use them? Can I send them to them? And she, he said, yeah, yeah, please, sure, we'll help you out. And I was one of them. So my coach said, listen, tomorrow, 3 o'clock, hotel. I was like, okay, what? Maybe it's a free rub down. Yeah. And I was like, went there. And this short little guy came out. I promise you. This short, bald-headed. And I thought, who is this guy? I mean, listen, I, I go to the fissure. I mean, I, I, I'm not scared of any fissure. They can go as deep, as hard as they can. I actually liked it. And I thought, oh, I'll bring the guy. I'll have a nice rub down. Maybe he can do something. Maybe not. It's been like two years of my hammy. And, and this guy lied down. And this guy climbed into my hammy with his elbow. And I saw his forearm was like bulging like this. And I thought, I'm in trouble today. Today I'm in trouble. And he went deep, my man. He's like, and he's, he went, I went, and it was hectic. And after like half an hour, I was praying, Lord, take me. I am done. I'm over it. I don't like this pain. What is this anyway going to help me? I've got this niggle. Just let me keep this stupid niggle. And I was done, and I walked out of that. I was like literally like this. I couldn't feel my leg. It's like, what did you do to me? And I, he laughed at me. Oh, let me know how you're feeling. I said, like, yeah, yeah, if I feel my leg ever again. <laughs> so after day two, I woke up and I thought, man, that thing is gone. What? That was like, and I was training and warming up and I was running for my coach. said, what is up with you? I said, I don't know. But that, that guy, that going deep helped. <laughs> now, what is my point? <laughs> Maybe you think. You see, sometimes we are so used to live with the niggle, that heaviness of soul. You still get used to living with this niggle, this, ah, I'm so fine, I'm fine with this. But I believe God, would, if He could speak verbally to us right now, He would say, I didn't create you with a niggle in mind. I didn't create you with a niggle in mind. I created you perfectly. I mean, when I got that, it's like, man, there's a niggle. I need to go to the guy there, like, Take the pain. Take the deep. Sometimes God has to go deep. 
get the niggle out. Because you're not created for a niggle. You're not created for a heaviness in your soul. Now, now we get to the fun part. Let's go back to the Scriptures. Go back to, back to what David said, Jeremiah said, Job said. These guys started out with, oh, I'm so, uh, I'm, so, I'm so sad, I'm so heavy, I'm so downcast. And I thought, reading this, I'm like, really? Is this where you're going to stop? But they didn't. King David, he said, let's just go back. He said, he said, why are you so downcast, my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Then he switched gears. He said, put your hope in God, for I will let him pray, will praise him. My Savior, my God. See, he didn't stay there. He didn't stay there. He, he didn't stay at that first gear. If, if I tell you, if I tell you to put your car in first gear, jump on the N1 and see how fast you can go. How far will you go? And you burn out your engine. But so many of us Christians, believers, spiritual believers, are riding in first gear, not switching gears, when God says, don't stay at the oh my soul, I'm dialed cast. Come on, man. You see, David started speaking to his soul. I love this. He said, Saul, shut up. Stop whining. My God is great. I will put my hope in God. I don't care what you think. My spirit is much greater than you, soul. I will teach you. I will preach to you. See, sometimes you need to encourage your soul. You need to preach to your soul. And you need to be a good preacher to your soul. Can I give you a good preaching topic? Can I give you a good topic to preach to your soul? Tell your soul to remember God's faithfulness in the past. Come on, if I go through every one of you today here, I would say, God has been faithful there. He's done this. He's done that miracle. God changed this impossibility into a possibility in my life. But we tend to forget that when we feel heavy. Oh, it's just a niggle. Oh, I'll just live with it. No. No. See, when you're tempted to look back at the hurts of the past, train your mind to stop and shift that gears. You don't want to be on an N1 with the first gear. Brrr. Switch to second. Switch to third. By the time you're at the, the sixth gear, you will be running in your spirit and God will do big things in your life. You won't get stuck into that heaviness. Listen to Jeremiah. He shifted. Then this guy shifted gears. I like this. Go back to the next one. He says, remember my afflictions. Oh, my wandering. The bitterness and the gall. I will remember them. I will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Then listen to this. The second, third, fourth gear. Yet this I call to mine, and therefore I have hope. I have hope. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for His compassions will never fail. They are ne new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Then he says, I say to myself, I preach to myself, I psych myself up, and I say, soul, shut up. Stop whining, you stupid. Come on, man. You are much greater than this. There's an old saying that goes, we will become what we meditate on. I love that. You will become what you meditate on. This is very important. See, what words you thought, what, what words and thoughts you feed your soul with will determine how heavy your soul is. Now let's go back. We are spirit. Come on. We are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Now our body will react to what we feed our soul. And I prove it to you. If you have fear, doubt, stress, what is the reaction of your body? Anxiety. I've been there. 
I've been there. I burned out four years ago. Sat in my living room with so fear that I'm going to die right now. And I didn't know what to do. And I called my friend, literally, phone shaking. I said, dude, you need to pray for me. I feel like I'm dying literally now. And he said, Henny, stop believing that nonsense. I was like, what? Man, you need to pray for me. He said, don't let your soul overwhelm your spirit. Don't let your soul overwhelm your spirit. You see, when we activate our spirit with faith, with hope, it will overflow in your soul. It will overflow in you. When I have a moment like this, I am tired, I had a tough day, it's like oh, I'm so busy, I just, want to have, I just want to have rest and holiday, and God comes and He overflows my spirit. He overflows my spirit. And as my spirit starts overflowing, my soul goes, ah, oh, wow. See, when our soul are full to overflow from our spirit, it has an effect on your body. We need our spirit to be overflow, overflow, to overflow. I want to be in overflow mode every day of my life. Overflow mode. I want my spirit to overflow so that my soul can have an effect, feel that effect of that. See, the word says faith comes by hearing. And as I start speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, praying the word, confessing the word, speaking to my soul, preaching to my soul, my soul goes, I don't have no, I, I've, I've got nothing. I just need to react. <laughs> I need to react. When we speak the word of hope, it stirs hope. When we speak faith, it stirs faith. Sometimes I drive my car and I feel that, that um, we've got a terrible thing. Um, in Stellenbosch, we, we, we go through that spirit of depression and anxiety. There's, there's, a, there's a spirit that bugs people there. And some days I drive and I can feel that thing coming and I say, no, I will not partner with that nonsense. My spirit will take control and my soul will never touch that thing. Because I've been, I've been there. And since I started saying, I will not partner with that spirit, because I already partner with the King of Kings, with the spirit who fools me every day of my life, that thing doesn't touch me. Listen to David. <clears throat> Man, David is amazing, wasn't he? He sat in the cave of Abdullah, and, he, and in that cave, he's fearing for his life because Saul wants to kill him. And he says the following. He says, I cry out to the Lord. I plead the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him. And I tell him all my troubles. When I'm overwhelmed, you alone know why, know the way I should turn. Next one. He says, then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. My place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low for God. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so that I can thank you, Father. The godly, will crowd, the godly will crowd around me. That's why we need community. For you are good to me. Isn't that so awesome? So awesome. Now I want to encourage you to make this a part of your discipline, to see God. And, and, and when you have that heaviness of soul, just cry out to Him. Cry out to Him like, like David. This was the guy who, 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 I mean, he killed a giant. Well, not just a giant. He, he, he rose up 30 mighty, mighty men that killed giants by themselves. And he sat in the cave here. This was before the mighty men. He sat in the cave and he said, Lord, I just want to cry out to you. I want to cry out to you. I want to share all my troubles with you, Father. 
You see, we need to be honest with God. You know what? He can handle it. He can. He can handle your issues. He can handle your troubles. He can handle when you cry out to Him with everything you have because He's like a father who wants to just embrace you. He said, cast your cares on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. <laughs> he cares for you. God really cares for us. Now I want to finish with this tonight. <coughs> and and it's, it's actually, when I... When I spoke about this this morning, I realized this is the scripture we started the year with. 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 32, and I know it's part of the 2 Chronicles story. It's a story about King Hezekiah. And before you show that, uh, Farron, just don't give me a moment before they read there. King Hezekiah is, a, is an army of Assyria, and the king of Assyria comes, and they pulls up towards this little nation. And the army is vastly outnumbering them. And King Hezekiah calls them and said, listen, this is not time to fear. And people said, but we are, because these guys are coming to take us out. And he says the following. I love this. Now you can show it. And this is such a great principle for us tonight. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria with a vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than him. <laughs> with him... It's only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord, our God, to help us and to fight our battles. Woo, you, I hope you, you please catch this tonight. See, he said something very powerful. He says, there is a greater power with us than him. There is a greater power with us than him. King Hezekiah say to his trembling people, a people fearing of losing everything. And he said, the king and his army just have the power that they have. They just have what they have. We have what God has. Do you get that? They have what they have. They've got the power. They've got the army. They've got, the, they've got what they have. But we have what God has. If you catch this tonight, you will not struggle with the spirit of heaviness anymore. There will be praise in your, in your praises. There will be worship in your worship. There will be something that comes alive when you know that the, the world, the issues... The toxic things we breathe in our soul every day has nothing on our God. Nothing on our God. Nothing. <clears throat> Show that scripture again. He says, listen to this, for there is a greater power. Say greater power. There is a greater power at work in our lives and they have what they have. The world has what they have. They can take their COVID. They can take their more. They can take those things. We have what God has. I want that. I want that. I don't know about you, but I want what God has. I want my spirit to overflow so that my soul will not get stuck in first gear and stuck with niggles. Come on. Ooh, we need to get this tonight. And I want to pray with, with some of you tonight. And, and I want to... I want, I'm, just, I'm trusting God and I know in my spirit that God wants to free some of you tonight. That you are stuck in first gear. You're stuck with the niggle. You're stuck in this heaviness of your soul and you don't know how to get out of it. And you enjoy worship and you enjoy church, but you're still stuck in that heaviness. And some place you need to start teaching yourself and learn how to preach to your soul. And say, soul, stop whining. Put your hope in God. There is a greater power at work than anything in this world. 
And tonight, today, whenever you pray this, you say, today it stops. See, I've learned the trick to preach to myself and sometimes correct myself because I'm not always right. But I know that God loves me always. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is so sufficient. And when I speak about a detox, I want you to to hear this tonight. That there is so much in our spirit, more than we can ever think. But sometimes we, we make a decision to listen to our soul more than our spirit. And tonight it stops. I want you to make that decision say, tonight I would let this heaviness go and I would come before the God of the universe who, is a, who has a greater power than anything in this world. And I would say, Father, I'm giving you everything. Everything. Come and detox my soul as you wash me with your word, as you wash me with hope, as you wash me with your faith. As I hear the word and hear the word, listen to that sermon and listen to that confession, pray that prayer and sit with men and women, pray and speak about the word so that you detox my soul on a daily basis. Can I pray? Can I have someone on the piano? Oh, we have music. Great. Can you stand with me? Because I I really feel... I just feel that there's some of you tonight that we can't just leave it there. We can't just leave it there. And, and I want you to, to come and I don't know what position you want to take in. If you want to sit on your knees, if you want to lie on your face. But in this moment, you know what's the best medicine for a restless soul? Is to become quiet. Just Become quiet before Him. How many of us have been quiet, can, can stay quiet for five minutes? Even as the, if the preacher is a bit quiet, you feel uncomfortable. But sometimes we need to come before the Lord and just sit before Him and wait on Him. And in that moments of sitting before and waiting on Him, we start reflecting on His goodness. We start reflecting on His character. We start reflecting on the nothing is impossible for me, God. And in that moment, there's freedom. And I trust God that as we pray for you tonight, and there's a lot of us that can pray, I trust God that He would settle the heaviness in your spirit and your soul tonight. And that there will be an activation in your spirit that when you start praying, reading your word, that there will be an overflow. An overflow. And as it overflows, that your soul will settle. Can we do that? So if you're here tonight and you feel, I need to settle this, why don't you come forward and just take a position? Come, I want to invite you. Don't miss this moment. Just sit before him. And we're going to pray for you. I'm going to trust God that sometimes just to find Him on your own is a much deeper place. To encounter Him in a moment of... Sometimes I can't explain that moment. (laughs) But in that moment of encountering Him, that heaviness goes.
So thank you, Father. If you're here tonight and maybe you're sitting here and you're there and maybe you know someone with a heaviness of soul, someone who struggles with depression, maybe you don't want to come up here. I just want you to put your hand on your heart. Just where you're at now, right now. You guys can maybe pray for them so long. Put your hand in your heart and let's just pray today that God will settle a heaviness today. Now, I won't stand for this. I won't stand for a heaviness of soul because God created me and you and all of us with the spirit that is alive. Father, I pray that you overflow our spirit right now. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.